The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Wells Fargo's legal woes are only getting worse. A lot worse, according to a regulatory filing the bank submitted last week. As part of a list of pending lawsuits and regulatory inquiries, Wells said its legal costs might be as much as $3.3 billion more than what the company had already set aside. The bank has been in legal turmoil since the revelation last year that employees created millions of unauthorized accounts. And that's only the beginning. Late last month, Wells disclosed that it may have pushed thousands of car buyers into loan defaults and repossessions by charging them for unwanted insurance. And last week, it agreed to pay $108 million to settle federal claims that it overcharged veterans under our mortgage refinancing program. With us to provide some perspective on all this is Bloomberg News' banking reporter in New York, Laura Keller. Laura, thanks for joining us. Um, let, let's just start with the number, that $3.3 billion. How does that compare with the numbers the company has uh, re released previously? Well, Greg, it's gotten a lot bigger, <laughs> simply said. The previous estimate for what the bank would reasonably expect that it would incur in legal costs beyond what it's already put aside, that was $2 billion in the last quarter, in second, uh, first quarter. And then this last disclosure that we got for the second quarter has shown, as you said, $3.3 billion. So that is 65% higher than what the bank had seen in the prior quarter. And what is driving all this? What is, if you're picking out one biggest legal headache for Wells, what what would you say that is? Well, I think the biggest legal headache actually has nothing to do with the consumer side of things, but is actually more tied to these RMBS mortgage-backed securities. Wells Fargo is one of the few banks that has not settled with the government over these kinds of allegations. So that is actually probably the biggest driver. I'm not sure that many analysts really understand exactly how much Wells Fargo might be on the hook for. You know, you have a lot of numbers out there from things like Deutsche Bank. Of course, uh, Barclays was sued by the government. Um, I think you probably covered that story. Uh, so there are, you know, ways that some analysts can kind of try to assess how much Wells Fargo might have to pay over these mortgage-backed securities. But that's out there. Then, of course, there are all these problems and issues that the bank, you know, knows some about but may not know everything. There are many, many class action lawsuits that, you know, have been filed um, in the last couple of months over these consumer issues. Some of them are these, you know, having to do with the fake accounts. One that's settled, some are not. There are also ones for overdraft fees, mortgage rate locks, and now these auto insurance, uh, collateral protection insurance claims. It, it's hard to even keep count of how many legal cases. <laughs> let, let, let's talk a little bit about the auto insurance uh, uh, issue since that's a new one. Just give us a description of what's going on there. 
Sure. So we learned, I think it was, I can't even remember now, last week, um, was it that, you know, the bank had these issues with auto insurance. And the way that it's kind of described is, you know, you go to the bank, uh, you get a loan for an auto for some kind of car, some kind of truck. And then there are certain insurances that you need to have and prove that you've got. So the one that came under scrutiny first was collateral protection insurance, kind of a mouthful. But essentially, you know, it's the bank ensuring that it's collateral against your loan, you know, there's something there to protect that asset. The bank was essentially, you know, not taking into account that you might already have this insurance when some clients showed that they did, you know, they, they didn't take off for this. And what it essentially did was they had a third-party provider, National General is the name of the insurance firm, and the, the, they put this insurance onto you and and therefore your payments for this auto loan would increase every month. They just added it on there. In some cases, they've been alleged, you know, they haven't, they didn't tell customers about this. They just charged them. So people, you know, were having overdrafts in their account because they didn't have enough money. And it actually led to what the bank said, you know, they admitted some repossessions of perhaps 20,000, maybe even 25,000 people's cars. Laura, what are you hearing from analysts, investors about how Wells Fargo management has handled the past, what is it now, 10 months or so, 11 months uh, since the the fake account scandal broke? Well, I think investors and analysts alike would would love to say that they've kind of learned their lesson that management is turning turning a corner but with all of these new recent allegations and revelations in the last couple of weeks i think that most analysts and investors just feel rather inundated with this sort of drip 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 of more more scandals more things coming to light and wells fargo did it seems try to alleviate some of those concerns with this uh, regular quarterly filing, the 10Q that they that I put out, you know, as every company does every quarter, trying to, you know, cast all of these different uh, issues to light, really, and let investors know what was going on. But even there, so many of the analysts, when you, you know, you read the note a couple days later, they're just complaining. They really don't understand the full complexity of what's out there because at this point, there's just so much. All right. I want to thank uh, Laura Keller, Bloomberg News banking reporter, for uh, talking with us with us about Wells Fargo. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.